Hey, welcome back to the Invest Podcast. This is Brian. This is Daryl. And we have a short one for you today. Now, last time we said we had a short one for you, we went like an hour and 10. So um, we're going to try and keep it well under that. Uh, but real quick, Daryl, how are you doing? Uh, not too bad. Bright too Saturday bad. morning. It is. It's so nice. All the windows are open. I was getting ready to leave for the gym and you called me and like, what are we talking about this week? And I was like, you know what? Let's just record right now. <laughs> so, so I'm in gym gear, ready to ready to talk about our, our one topic this week. We are going to convince you why you should not, not watch the Netflix live action Avatar The Last Airbender live action remix. And I'll explain that on Netflix. And I think the news, you said it best just a few seconds ago before we started recording. Um, with some of the news that's come out, this is why. We can't have nice things. We can't have nice things. It's just, it, it's not okay. No, it's, no. it's not. It, not at all. And I'm going to say that I was... Well, one, you're the one that got me an avatar after years and years and years of hounding about this great anime. I mean, this great cartoon that uh, you were watching. Which, and I finally would you say I badger mold you into it. Yes. And uh, I think it was a couple years ago. I finally watched it was a few years ago. I finally watched it. And I was like, oh, this is really good. This is really good. Would you this say is really, really, would you really say good. like a turtle duck? You enjoyed it <laughs> very much so and i will say this that we've we've heard stuff here and there over the last year or so about this but not a lot and then the trailer came out a week week and a half ago the full trailer which actually looked really good it looked really good like i, I mean it they're it spending 15 really mil per episode what? Yeah. That's and how the many rumor. Episodes is it? Uh, let me see. Is it eight? Because usually they're eight. But uh, it then is you eight. have something. It is okay. The Last Airbender, Warriors, Omashu, Into the Dark, Spirited Away, Masks, The North, because The North remembers, and then Legends. Um, <clears throat> so the first episode and the last episode are written by who I'm assuming will be. Enemy number one of the uh, Avatar The Last Airbender group, Albert Kim. When okay. we come out of this. He's the showrunner. Um, I think it's funny. He's got the developed by credit. And it's like, mm, mm, okay. <clears throat> um, he was previously the co-showrunner of Sleepy Hollow, which fell apart after the second season. Um He's also written and produced yeah. for shows Pantheon, Nikita, Leverage, and Dirt. And if you remember Dirt, that was that FX show with Courtney Cox, uh, where she played like the uh, tabloid um, reporter or whatever, or the um, you know, uh, it went somehow for two seasons, but it was it was like awful. 
So yeah, the second I, season, I remember that the first season was 13 episodes and the second season was only seven. And they were like, mm, yeah, this is bad. This is real bad. Um, but yeah, so like right there, his uh, like leverage. Uh, did you ever watch that show? Did anyone watch that oh, show? Oh, I like leverage. Did you? Yeah, I, I, uh, okay. I didn't. I it was never on finished TNT. It. it had the yeah. guy who played Lex Luthor in um, Lois and Clark, the first of Inches, yeah. Superman. Um, I All tried to watch Nikita with Maggie Q, and it was just not good. And honestly, I never watched that. I'm today years old when I heard of Pantheon. What? Oh, because it was on AMC Plus. That's why. Oh, he also was a writer for Sports Illustrated, who uh, just got in trouble for writing all their stories with AI. Entertainment Weekly, rag, people, rag, details, rag, and Esquire. Well, bullshit. So, um, Albert Kim is here to, to promote diversity in media. Kim has worked for CAPE, the Coalition for Asian Pacifics in Entertainment, AJA, Asian American Journalists Association and AAWW, Asian Americans Writers Workshop. He's created a sports writing internship program in conjunction with the AP Sports Editors to encourage minority college students to pursue careers in sports journalism. So he's a woke asshole. Right? I mean, is that that's what we're, we're looking at here. So, um, okay, real quick. The live action, it was first announced... All the way back in September of 2018. Um, Mike, De Mike Dante DiMartino and Brian, I can never say his last name, uh, Konatetsko were the creators of the original. They were hired by Netflix to do a live action. Netflix was like, we want to like punch this up. We want Aang to have a parent. We want Aang to have parents. We want things to be kind of <clears throat> more CWE. And they were like, we out. We're gone. Peace out, bitches. Um, so then it was kind of in limbo. And uh, then they brought this Albert Kim Joker in to uh, to do the show. And um, and yeah, like. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't know. I mean, like they're they're introducing June and Ty Lee. Well, June is, is in it. they're introducing Ty Lee in the first season. Like Ahsoka or uh, Ahsoka, Azula is going to be in the first season. Uh, Ozai is going to be in the first season. And it's like, what are you doing? The other fun thing that they decided to do was they took out the whole idea that like this happens in a year because there's this comet that's coming and there's a deadline for Aang to learn all four, master, sorry, all four sides of bending and the ability to be the... Uh, the Avatar, and then go fight the Fire Lord, who later dubs himself the Phoenix King. And, you know, in an act of providence, the universe delivered Aang to the Phoenix King. Um, by the way, another, another great Mark Hamill doing the Joker voice for a character, I will say. So or, I'm I, sorry, look. the trickster voice from the 90s Flash, because that's where that voice came from. But I, uh, I digress. So I understand, and again, we've talked about this before, with all ad all adaptations, you have changes. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's mm -hmm. fine. Whatever. Mm -hmm. I, I, and again, it's a, lot, it's a lot more difficult for us when we know a property than when we don't. 
for instance, I absolutely loved One Piece. I thought One Piece was great. I've read a lot about it in the sense of they, again, they've truncated a lot of stuff. And e- although I can say that a lot of people that I, and again, it's online, I don't know anybody that's watched One Piece, the cartoon or the anime. But from what I've read, there, I mean, it's kind of like 60 40 that even the people that really liked the anime did like the live ad- adaptation, but others didn't. Mm-hmm. I loved it because I have no kind of, I don't know about the source material, but Death Note, for example, and, and what I'm getting at is Netflix and they're very hit and very miss with these live adaptations. I think it's miss and kind of it's, hit. It's more, no, it's more miss. Yeah, like <laughs> miss and there, kind of no hit. Doubt. Like every once in a while, like the squirrel yeah. and the blind acre. Because again, think think of the whole Cowboy Bebop thing they did, which was, I watched two episodes and I was like, okay, that's it, that's enough for me. Awful, and I wa- and again, this I think this one had the best trailer that I've seen of any of their live ad- action adaptations. I thought it looked very good, very good. But then we get this information about the changes they're making to the characters, and. Yes, I okay. They want to stretch it out a little bit because the, the kid that plays Aang is going to grow up. And I mean, over I don't know how old he is in real life, but it, it, since they're not going to be doing the filming of all three seasons or however many seasons they're supposed to be getting in one year, I sort of get that. What I don't get are the changes to these characters that they're making with Aang and Sokka. And well, compl- and, and Katara too, apparently, because like this news uh, is are, breaking. So uh, it says here, the cartoon... So, okay, we're, we're, we're going to just... We'll hop into Sokka in a second. But like it says here, uh, when they're talking about we're going to be taking narrative liberties, um, and so certain roles of Katara will not be translated into live action, says the, says the showrunner. There's a certain role... There are certain roles that Katara did in the cartoon that didn't necessarily uh, also do here. Some gender issues didn't quite translate, said woke activist Albert Kim, told IGN. Um, it says here, uh, this is from Albert Kim, the cartoon, first grade, it was 15 years ago, so things have changed. There are certain roles that I think Katara did in the cartoon that we didn't necessarily also do here. I mean, I don't really want to get into a lot of that but there are some gender issues that didn't quite translate and then the person who's interviewing said my friend just watched it for the first time and she's like Sokka's an asshole I was like yeah no he kind of is in JR uh, whoever JR is Uh, yeah especially in the first season and he says yeah so we had to guard against (laughs) that kind of stuff and so there are things that aren't really changing character as much as updating them a little bit okay this is a perfect segue into Sokka um so in this article from Variety, um one sec, I made a I made a boo-boo. Um as I was trying to type in the uh the timestamp. Okay. So uh the Netflix live action series took out how sexist soccer was in the original. A lot of moments in the animated show were iffy. Um it says here, like this is just kind of like from in this Entertainment Weekly and some Reddit feds, threads. Uh, Sokka's sexism won't be the only difference Avatar fans see in Avatar The Last Airbender. Showrunner, uh, I'm sorry, 
Activist Albert Kim previously said, the show does not begin the same way the animated series does. The live action series will also show the genocide of the airbender people and the rise of the Fire Nation, which was only alluded to in the animated series. Daryl, I have a question. Why would you start a character like Sokka out as super sexist and then end where he ended by the time the show was over? And why would you allude to the genocide of the Airbenders and the rise of the Fire Nation instead of showing it? I don't know. Maybe, well, for Sokka, it, it, it's a, uh, what is that word? You, what's that phrase? Mm. Character development. Character development. That's right. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. We can't have that. Uh, well, yes, we can, but only certain characters can have it. Yes. But then those characters don't actually have it because they don't do anything wrong ever. They're perfect. Yeah. Yes. When we know the where that's going. It's, it's again, this like stuff like this where, and we've said it before, tell me you don't understand a character without telling me you don't understand a character. Because right. that's with just when just focusing on the Sokka thing and how, yes, that one, you just think of the society he's coming from. Mm-hmm. And every this this whole modern take, modern lens, there's more weight with realism bullshit that they give us. It's just another way for them to or or their favorite for modern audiences. That it's absolute garbage. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like the thing is, is like you have to grow. And you have these these husk actors talking like they informed fans that Sokka's sexism was discussed during the live action show's development and was deliberately cut away as it has no place in the new remake. Um, <clears throat> like, again, dude, your, your job is to stand there and repart, re- recite words that other people say and dance like the director wants you to do your whatever moves that you have to do. Like, quit trying to have thoughts. You people are fucking morons. Um, and... They're saying there's more weight. They're automatons. They are. And there's more weight with realism in every way, which promoted uh, the girl who plays Katara to reveal. I feel like we also took out elements of how sexist Sokka was. I feel like there's a lot of moments in the original that of the show that were iffy. Well, no shit, bitch. He had to learn how to like not be an asshole. And there, there's no problem with that. And then trying to, because this character is on the right side, on on the side of good, to mm-hmm. not have negative characteristics or where he needs to learn. It, again, it's it's that cookie cutter formula for characters. A lot of a lot of these characters are now. We when we right. go, with, for example, when we talk about Ray, mm-hmm. would it Ray have to learn? Nothing, would it Ray? Nothing. She was perfect. Not, she was and again, I've we, we both like Daisy Ridley. I and liked Ray in the first movie until I liked she Ray beat in the first Kylo movie. Ren at the end. Yeah. Um, yes. Absolutely. So, well, here's the thing. Like, so looking at the show, looking at Ang, Katara, Sokka, Toph, they all go through the hero's journey in their own way, mm-hmm. in their own different original way. <clears throat> so now we're gonna have all these just like milk toast, like just boring ass. I'm so good at everything already, or I'm the butt of every joke. 
And did you want it like you were talking about so, Aang? And yeah, let's one let's hop things... to Aang. Like let, yeah. let's literally like segue because we've only got four minutes and two seconds left. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so jumping to Aang. Um, so Avatar: The Last Airbender. Uh, activist showrunner admits to changing Aang's character, saying it was done in order to make his make his narrative drive a little clearer. His narrative drive wasn't clear. He was a was- kid who came out of the ice after 112 years. Um, was like, uh, hey, what's happening here? Like, I don't believe any of this is going on. I just want to go and see my friends and like have like learn some things. And he loses his innocence over time in that first season. So you get that second season episode where the Earth Kingdom general tries to invoke the Avatar state. And like mm-hmm. Aang realizes not everyone is good at heart. Not everyone has the best interests of the world in mind. And like he actually has to think that way all the time. And he he becomes a little more cynical but he never loses that edge of, of joy and protection. Um, mm-hmm. It's why, even though he's cut off from his past lives, he continues to fight. He continues to do that. And then when when he gets them back, when he gets the past lives back at the end, and he he's, you know, they want him, everyone, everyone he talks to is, you have to kill Ozai. And he follows his nature and, and adds to then the overall, like, avatar life. Like, hey, look, there are other ways to do things. And, and you know, taking this out, I don't see him, like, learning, like, not understanding what the, the giant turtle island tells him to do, you know? There was a reason for everything that happened in that show yeah. with the characters and what they went through. And trying to say that trying – and that taking these you know, side adventures out are focusing his you know his goal in goal again it goes back to what i said of what's uh sokka tell me you don't understand the character without telling me you don't understand the character right because everything that ang goes through teaches him something Mm -hmm. and some of what he does is a distraction for because again like you said a hundred years in plus years in the ice he's a kid and then he is Tacked with this massive responsibility, right? And and it, at times he's a af- he, again he's naturally afraid of what he might have to do or wh- where he has to go, and everything that happens helps him along the way, right? To so, get that resolve, but because he's to a twelve-year-old be- kid now who has seen the quote genocide of the air nomads and understands mm-hmm. the power of the fire nation, he's going to come out and he's cynical. He's angry. He's not going to be that protector that he is supposed to be. Right. And, yeah. uh, you know, when, when we're talking about everything here, it's like, uh, turning to highlights of some specific changes made, uh, being made in the series narrative, uh, activist showrunner Kim explained, there are certain scenes that you never saw in the original whether it's the attack on the Southern Air Temple or the Agni Kai between Ozai and Zuko. And those are things that I knew we needed to see in order to make it feel much more grounded as a live action show. So it's about feeling your way through the process where you can take the story into new directions that still feels true to the spirit of the original. 
And, th- and this is the point where he says it's not a remake, it's a remix. Again, yeah. not seeing what Ozai did to his son, not seeing Ozai for real until the very last bit of the first. Like, actually, I don't think we even see Ozai. We just see Azula at the very end of the first, where he like mm-hmm. tells him tells her to go hunt down Zuko and and Iroh. Um, you know, it, it's like. He's this overarching villain in the shadows that is like again terrifying. Like, uh, what's his name? Um, Matt um, Reeves, who did uh, the Batman, is what he mm-hmm. should have learned. Like, you made you made the first act of three movies really good, and then you put them together as one movie, and it's like your Riddler character was terrifying. It should have been the underlying like tone of all three yeah. movies until the midpoint of the third movie, and then you you. Revealed like we all know the Riddler is the bad guy, and then you reveal him to the Batman, and you know you go from there. Like the the first movie should have been, you know, probably the Penguin, or the, just the mob stuff, Batman learning even. And then the second one should have been the Penguin with Selena Ka- or with Catwoman as a will they won't they kind of thing, or is she or isn't she a bad guy? And then you know you go you go from there. But like with this is like, you know, he Ang has he's a kid. He doesn't have any of these burdens yet, and he learns that he has these burdens. And his fight or flight instinct is to always run away. And now he has to, like, he has to learn to stand up. Like, this guy is, uh, you know, like, he's taking out the whole idea of, like, he doesn't want Aang to do all those little side quests and, like, you know, go and, and, and learn, like, about the world that he's trying to save. Just because, here's one real warn. Just because it looks like Avatar doesn't mean it is Avatar. Because I will say, like, looking at the stills, looking at the the stuff we saw in motion, like, it looks like it should look. Like, the, the $15 million, if that's the actual budget per episode, looks good, right? But, uh, yeah. but yeah, without that, without all that, like, without the, without the underlying, like, spirit that they're they're erasing that it's just bad it's just don't watch this show um i was going to tell everybody when it comes out but i decided i'm not going to because that's how much i don't want you to watch it yeah this this went from for me uh back when it first announced like please no don't do this to seeing the trailer and saying okay you know after a couple of the other things i saw like one piece okay this might be good to again Oh God, they did this. That—that's where I'm at right now. It's—I'm really tired of these people thinking they know better than those who created it. Yeah. And that's what this is. Again, this is not just Netflix with the anime or or Netflix with the live action remakes or anything like mm-hmm. that. This is a industry wide thing where. These bastards think they know better than those that came before them. Well, they also are doing this because they're hollowing out the male characters. Yes, a, a thousand percent. So, like, th- God again. forbid, God forbid, they go on a hero's journey. God forbid. Yes. Okay. And again, we don't, we didn't talk about this, but what you just said about the male character, we were, t- we've been talking off air the last couple of days. I've been telling you about this game, Suicide Squad, killed the Justice League. Yep. And how. Every Justice League member is literally, in in the Flash's case, or figuratively, oh, by the way, spoiler alert, p- 
pissed on except Wonder Woman, who actually has a good hero's death. I've watched all of these deaths, and she is the only one that has a solid death that is, you know, that pays homage to the character that she is. She's the only one. Every last one of them, the other ones, the Flash, Superman, Batman, and Green Lantern, despite, you know, again, let's suspend disbelief that four members of the Suicide Squad could take these any one of these uh, people down. Right. She is the only one that gets a death worthy of who she is. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's and, and again, it's this ridiculous. is throughout. This is throughout entertainment in comic books, in a lot of video games, and in movies and TV shows. Uh, Again, when we see a good male character, that's all right now, that's almost the exception to the rule. When we see a good female character that is not a Mary Sue, that has a, a good journey that befits a woman, mm-hmm. not a character that's a woman, but is basically a man written as a man, but changed into a woman. No, we're talking about a true female character that is good. That's an exception to right. the rule. You know who I blame for all this, actually? I blame Tom Cruise. Why? Because he dropped out of the movie Salt, and oh, they yeah. all they did was change the name of the character and put Angelina Jolie in it. Because remember that yeah. scene where she's like running through that big square, uh, mm-hmm. and like the the like the Secret Service or whatever the CIA agents are chasing her, and you can tell they're like visibly like slowing down because like they would have caught her immediately. Like it's yeah. that kind of shit there. Uh-huh. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway, I, I, all right. So I think we've convinced you guys. Do not watch this bullshit yeah. show. I'm not watching it. Like uh, Haley actually texted me the other day because I sent her some of these news stories. She's like, "Why? I'm not like this. Just convinced me not to even check it out." And that kid loves Avatar yeah. more than both of us put together. Yeah. And, and I, I wear I was, a goddamn you know uh, <laughs> Avatar pendant. <laughs> so you know, I was re- the Guru Lahima pendant that yeah. you know yeah that's a hero. I was. Hat hesitantly or you know cautiously optimistic after the trailer which i should know not by now trailers don't mean dick you know we've i've seen i should have learned that when i first watched the dark man trailer yeah but uh, yeah. yeah yeah again again so all right you know what well, i think i wonder yeah. i might have to watch the original avatar now yeah like after we've talked about this I, I might have to throw that on because Absolutely. to get the taste of this out, this of, my out of my brain mouth. i might have to go watch the m night Shyamalan one like and then beat myself in the head with a hammer for watching the M Night Shyamalan Last Airbender. <laughs> Why would someone do that to themselves? Anyway, all right. Um, before we go, just real quick, fuck the Rock. We'll talk more about that later. Uh, yeah, that's. I, I'll leave it at that because again, talk about disappointing. Yes, Dan- Thanos was right again. Reality is often disappointing. Magneto made valid points. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> All right, we'll talk to y'all later. Have a great one. See ya. See ya. The Infamous Podcast is recorded in Kings Mills, Ohio, just north of Cincinnati. You can find new episodes every Sunday on Apple Podcast, YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcast, our website, or anywhere podcasts are downloaded. This show is hosted by Daryl Jasper and me, Brian Tudor. To find more information about the show, visit us at infamouspodcast.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at infamouspodcast to keep up with the show. 
We also have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash infamous podcast. We have some great rewards for our patrons and are looking for help to grow the show to bring you more of the content you want to hear. Music for this podcast is provided by Michael Henry from meetmichaelhenry.com. So whenever you're listening to us, have a great day, night, evening, weekend, whenever it is. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Later.